So you're probably going, where's Matt? Well, Matt got a hold over at the fire department. So about midday yesterday, John, Nate, and I get an email. Guys, I can't make it. Can you come up with something? So we all feverishly worked last night coming up with something and texting and emailing back and forth and then kind of figuring out what our order was. So I got the pick this morning. Um, so you, you're, you're going to get a sermonette. I only have three pages, so we're going to be a little bit shorter, which means we get to the food faster. Uh, but hopefully you find this uh, useful and beneficial. Now, I tend to look at um, kind of the events of the week, you know, different news, different perspectives, and I always try to tie it back to what does God teach us in his word? How do we interpret the events of today in relation to the, the Bible and all the different verses, Old Testament, New Testament, things that we see? Um, and that just kind of helps, in my mind, put an order to the world and what I'm supposed to do as a Christian, as a husband, as a father, uh, to lead my family and to be, try to be the light, a light, one of, one of many in the community. We don't get it right all the time, but uh, hopefully we're, it's, every day is a little better than the day prior. So here's the, th here's the topic that really um, kind of came across my radar this week. And some of you may have seen the news on this. Uh, so there's a, there's a couple... Chip and Joanna Gaines that have a TV show on HDTV, um, Fixer Upper, I think is what it is. I've not seen the show. We're not big TV watchers. But in just reading about it and grabbing different articles on it so I have perspective, the big stink or flare-up, dust-up, whatever you want to call it, um, is that they attend a church where the Bible is preached where the pastor has taken a stance that says, it says in the Bible, homosexuality is a sin, and that's what he preaches. And the fact that they go to this church has the uh, LGBT dot, 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 I call them the multi-letter mafia, um, all in a dust-up about the fact that these folks attend a church where the word is preached. And not necessarily that on their show, they're using that as an opportunity to preach. They're just they're doing the things that they've been called to do, but they happen to be at a, a church that does this. So as I wrote here, is I don't know the exact doctrine of their church, um, but if they're preaching the word, if it's an evangelical church, there's probably a good bet that we're going to agree with a lot of the things that, that they're talking about in that church. And why I think this is important for us is as we look at their church and what they preach, it's important to keep in mind that we're all in a church that preaches out of the Bible, too. That we talk about the things that are here and what, what is sin. Um, John, last week, talk, talked about adultery and lust. This week, we happen to be talking about homosexuality. We can pick a whole bunch of different ones that are here. But that's what we're seeing here. So, multi-layer mafia... I'll call them the MLM. I happen to work in a field that has tons of acronyms. I think probably all of us do to some degree. So we'll go with the MLM just to keep it short. Uh, but ideally, what they're looking to do is squash these people, get the show canceled, and further their cause in the process of this. Um, and as I said, they're not necessarily getting, the gains aren't getting on their soapbox, but just by the fact of they're Christians and they say, hey, we're Christians, we believe in these things, uh, they've become a target. Uh, so I, I don't want this to be so much about 
the sin of homosexuality, because we've talked about this many, many times. Um, we all have conversations downstairs about different topics of the day. But just so that we have a grounding, let's look at a couple of verses here. So if we look at 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, and I will actually read it out of here. It says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of earth? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covenants, nor the drunkards, nor the revelers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of earth. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. The other one I'll look at, too, is if you look at Romans 1, 26 through 28. And it says here, For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desires toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave, gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. So that kind of set, sets the stage. Um, and then we can look at, and I'm not going to read these, but just other verses. So Leviticus 20.13 makes reference to this. 1 Timothy 1, verse 10, and Jude 1 through 7. And of course, we all know the story of Sodom um, back in in Genesis times and what happened there. But the point there is um, we live in a society where these things are being promoted and advocated. And the question is, well, what's our response as Christians to this? Do we just back up and try to hold the ground we have, or do we be bold? Uh, what I want to encourage you as we go through the, kind of the second part of this is that we start to think about how do we become bold as Christians? Um, it's easy for us to be bold within these walls. We're all together, we think alike together. Um, where it becomes challenging is when we go out into the world. Um, we work in companies, we work with individuals, we go to stores, um, we go to classes, and I'll share that ex experience in a minute from a, a class Pam and I were at yesterday. Um, but what I want to encourage you is Let's be bold. Um, let's not give up the ground to what we know is true. We do feel that beat down occasionally as Christians, that the media or whatever happened, outlet you happen to be looking at just keeps hammering us and that we're supposed to accept it because that's the, what's considered normal. Uh, well, our worldview as Christians is very different. Um, our worldview is biblical. This is our context for how, our filter for how we look through the world. If you think about a camera, we have a filter that we screw on the end of that lens, and that filter is going to filter out some light or enhance some light. Uh, that's, that's what we have here. Um, so we've got to be bold in our speech. Uh, if we look at 2 Corinthians 3.12, it says, Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. So that boldness comes from knowing God's word, knowing where we stand with Christ, and being comfortable that 
Christ is fighting that battle. Um, it's not, we're not alone in the battlefield. Um, he's there just reinforcing um, what we expect or what's expected of us and of society. So the last verse that I'll, I'll put here is if we look at Philippians 1.20. So it says, according to my earnest expectations and hope, that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that while all, that with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. So we're not looking to exalt ourselves by taking this stance. We're looking to exalt Christ, to point back to Christ, to have the light come from Christ. And as, as we walk through the world, we want people to see that. And it's not necessarily... You know, I, and I know there's some that will, the parade down in Columbus, the Stonewall Parade that happens down there, and there's some folks that will go down there and they're very adamant and they're in people's faces. I don't think that's the way we're going to necessarily get the message across. We're going to get the message across through relationship, through getting to know the person. They're sinners, we're sinners. They happen to be in a lifestyle that has become very chic, I guess maybe is the, the word to use there. Um, but they're, they're in a lifestyle, and they're making some choices. Um, so as I think about this, the comment that I, I kind of wrote on here is, is we see all of this going on in the media. We hear about this. We run into it in a class, um, what Pam and I did yesterday. And I, I want you to think of this in the context of Sheep, sheepdogs, and wolves. And we talked about that set of terminology in some different contexts. But think about what we see happening in our churches, in our schools. Think of Target and what, what's been going on down there. We have these wolves, which is this multi-letter mafia that is circling all of these things. We have picture, just picture wolves running around this building. That, are out to change our worldview or to pigeonhole us so much that we have no influence in the society. So by doing that, they create a vacuum, and then they take the advantage to fill that vacuum. So we can either be sheep or we can be sheepdogs in that matter. So in the sheepdogs, we're looking to protect our flock. Now our flock happens to be our home, our places of worship, just our community at large. And by being sheepdogs and by being bold, as we talked about here in these verses, uh, we have the opportunity to push back, to bring it back to a biblical context of what is called in the Bible, what do we need to be doing. Um, there's nothing, if we look at what's at stake here, the things I, I made note of are family and marriage, the freedom to worship, and practice what we believe. Because you will see the MLM saying, well, you can't say this, you can't do this, you can't hold this belief. And I, I happened to be um, listening to a podcast this morning that was talking about um, a law that had been passed in Iowa that started to say that churches were public facilities. So as public facilities, they had to adhere to the policies coming down about how they manage their bathrooms. Well, they fought back. They went to court. And a federal judge said, absolutely not. 
A church is a place of worship. It is not a public entity. It's not like going to a county building or a state house. It's a church, and they're allowed to practice their beliefs, and their beliefs are men use men's room, ladies use ladies' room. And that was an example of how do we push back as Christians. Now they had to take it to court, and they won. Um, and sometimes we, we may have to do that. There's lots of avenues, but um, that may be an avenue that gets pursued more as, as we see this. Um, you know, God's called us to practice each day past the walls of this church. So not only do we come here and hear the word, but again, we go back out into our workplace, we go back out into society, and this is the code that we live by. We wake up thinking about this, we measure the world based on what we read here, and we just continue plodding through our day. Um, so something else I'll, I'll share with you here. Uh, this was an interesting statistic as I was putting this together. We, we hear this whole agenda every day. It seems to show up in some article somewhere, and it would make you think that there's masses and masses of people that think this way, that believe this way, and the whole society is going wacko. In reality, when you look at the percentages, I've seen anywhere from 2 to 5% fall into that uh, LGBT dot 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 community. So it's a small percentage, happens to be a very vocal percentage, happens to have a very big microphone because we have a lot in the media who agree with that. And we can look at examples all the way into ESPN. They're not reporting on sports, they're reporting on worldviews, way outside what they're uh, supposed to be doing. So let, let's keep in mind as we run into folks that are in this lifestyle, and they're making choices to be in this lifestyle, is they're people too. They happen to be lost. Um, they happen, they're gonna, now, I was, as I was writing this, Tim, Tim was looking over my shoulder and he saw an article that talked about gay Christians. He's like, how can you have gay Christians? I didn't have a great answer for that. But we're gonna hear those types of things. There's some churches that, pray, that play pretty loose and fast with the Bible and they'll do some strange interpretations to try to say these two things, these two very divergent practices go together and honor God. I think we would all say no. Um, God's not confused. He created man and woman, not 31 flavors of man, woman, and whatever else you decide to do, or Facebook. I think at one point I heard Facebook had 52 gender designations sure how you get 52 out of two. So very clearly, we have man, we have woman, and God intended for them to be married in union, not the, the things that we see today. So if we bind in the notion that these people are the wrong gender or have the same affections for the, or affections for the same gender, and we say that they're born that way, because that's another argument that we hear quite a bit, is they were born that way or they're confused, then we have to go to the next step, which says, well, then apparently God made a mistake. Because it says in Genesis, God created man and woman. Now we're at the point where uh, God made a mistake, and he created the 31 flavors of people that aren't quite sure what they're doing, or aren't quite sure what those natural relationships should be. So 
So that would call into question the text we have here. So here's the request I have of you. Um, we're going to interact with people that live in this lifestyle. Just by the nature of walking out the front door, we're going to run into it in our community, in our businesses. Um, I'll give you an example. So this, this happened a couple years ago. We're going to change the names just to keep everybody safe. We're going to use the name Jane. No relation to the um, person I'm thinking of. So Jane and I happened to be having a conversation. And we had a relationship. We had been acquaintances for a period of time. And she said to me, you know I've been living in this lesbian lifestyle. I said, yeah, I know. And you know that I don't agree with those choices at all. I will still be your friend, but I will not condone in any way that those choices that you made. And the response I got was, okay, she understood where I was coming from. I understood where she was coming from. I continued to just practice and go about the things that are biblically set here. And God, not me, got a hold of her heart, changed her, and now she's happily married. She has a wonderful husband who I've met. They're having a great life together. She managed to get out of that lifestyle and move on to what is a healthy, biblically defined relationship. So that example I give you because we all have that opportunity when, we're, when we run into this. And we can be the in-your-face, finger-pointing kind of Christians, which is not going to get us any points. Um, or we can be that steady, 20-mile march kind of Christian. We're walking the same every day. I'm going to give you the same answer every day, what I believe, why I believe, and let's go to the text and let me show you where that is. Um, so, and the other one I'll, I'll give you here. And Pam and I were... In, in a class yesterday, a job and family services class. And there were several couples there. And there was one couple, that as soon as they walked in the door, we both went, uh-huh. It was two ladies that walked in. And at the first break, we're back in the break room. And she had a Mountain Dew sitting there. I thought of Michael when I saw the Mountain Dew. Yeah. Okay. And I said, oh, you need a little jump start in your morning. And she goes, no, it's for my wife who works an overnight nursing shift. And of course, I'm sitting there, the brain starts turning. I'm like, how do I respond to that one? And, and there was no time, and it wasn't the venue to be able to do that. Uh, but I give you that example because just sitting in the class, that's what we're going to see. Now, on the other side of that, and John and I had this conversation this morning, um, these two ladies have four foster children. Two of them are autistic. So even though they're non-believers, and they're living in a sinful lifestyle, and if asked the question, I'd give them the answer, they're still trying to do good. Now, in no way do I want you to think I'm condoning the choices they made as a lifestyle, but I want you to understand there's a broader context of, of how do we interact with folks. So was the opportunity there for me to go, you're living in a sinful lifestyle, let me whack you with the Bible a couple times. No. Maybe there's an opportunity down the road to build a relationship. Maybe we run into them in a different class. And there's an opportunity for a discussion. What I need to remind myself and, and you through this is 
let's not shy away from the opportunity to have that conversation. We need to be respectful that there's still a person there and it's behaviors that we're talking about and decisions that are being made. It's not the person is horrible, just a terrible person. We need to look past that. Um, so we need to respect the people that are there. They're all made by God. Um, they just happen to be ones that are confused and living in a very sinful public lifestyle. Um, and it's through our love and interaction that they see the message of God. It's not us just hammering away at them. Um, we may not be called to, to fight this fierce battle that we see with the, um, I put MLO, MLM again in my notes because uh, they keep adding letters. But it's to continue to press on. It's to be diligent. It's doing the same thing every day. God's going to fight that battle. It's not up to us to fight it alone. It's up to us to be available, to be tuned in, uh, to understand where and when uh, we can share the message. So I propose to you that our call is to know God's word, be ready to give an answer as to what we believe, and take that message outside these walls. And don't be afraid to engage in dialogue that advances the kingdom. What I have found is when you do engage and you do it in a way that's respectful and trying to understand that other person's point of view, that opens up the opportunity for them to hear. If you set them on the defense right away, they're going to shut you down, they're not going to hear it, and it's just a finger pointing match. And we need, we need to move past that as a society. So be bold, walk strong, know the word. That's what I have for today. So with that, as we, we get on to our, our meal, let's go ahead and uh, just give thanks for...